Welcome to the Southcrest Live podcast. If this is your first time to listen, please connect with us at www.southcrest.org for more information. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. You need to focus on that fact that you will rise one day. That's part of what Paul is telling us today in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I trust that you read through 1 Corinthians. There's quite a contrast between 1 and 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians is a, is a, it shows the heart of Paul, where in 1 Corinthians, he's the instructor. He's trying to correct a lot of things. If, if 1 Corinthians pulls the roof off the church and lets you look down inside to see all the problems and what's going on, then 2 Corinthians opens the heart of Paul and lets you see the heart of a pastor. You find a lot of true character of Christian ministry is revealed in 2 Corinthians. No letter says so much about Christian giving and Christian suffering and Christian spiritual triumph. Today we're going to talk about living in victory. I want to begin reading in verse chapter 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, and the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will raise us up with Jesus. Does that sound like what they just sang about? And will present us with you for all things are for your sakes, that grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Harold had been working 40 years for the same company. He couldn't wait to retire. In fact, as it got closer, he started counting the months, then the weeks, then the days. Finally, the day came to retire. He was so excited. Martha, his wife, was not nearly as excited as him. In fact, she dreaded that day. And a friend asked her why, and she said, well, he's never done anything that required physical exertion. He's never played golf. He doesn't even mow the lawn. He's never washed windows. And then the real reason came why she dreaded. She said, when he retires, he's going to sit in his easy chair and expect me to bring him his food. 
Well, two weeks after Harold retired, he surprised his wife by joining the YMCA. And after a couple of sessions of exercise class, he came home and he said, guess what, Martha? I've signed up for the wrestling tournament this Friday night. And she said, are you out of your mind? Please don't do that. You can't wrestle. They'll bring you home bloody and beaten. The whole idea of her husband wrestling seemed ridiculous to her. And she told her husband, if you go through with this lame idea, I'm not going to come watch you. On Friday night, Harold left for the wrestling tournament. Martha stayed home, worried about her husband. About 10 o'clock, two men came helping Harold into the house. He was bloody and beaten. And before she could say anything like, I told you so, Harold said, don't say a word, Martha. I actually won tonight, and I have to wrestle again tomorrow night. <laughs> Life is like that. You think, I've got it made. I'm going to follow Jesus. Everything's going to be great. And then for you come in bloody and beaten. And then the next thing you know, you've got to do it again. Christian life is hard. Following Jesus is not, a, is not easy. I mean, there's going to come a time when you're going to have some conflict. But you have the power to overcome. You have the power to live in victory. And that's what I want to share with you for a few moments. It's, it, life is so daily. Have you noticed it? You get through one day and the next day you got another one. <laughs> Several things I want you to notice here. First of all, the power for Christian living. Verse seven, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. There's three things I want you to see quickly. First of all, the person of that power, the treasure. We have this treasure. The Lord Jesus Christ, the moment that you accept Christ, God puts his spirit in you. You are washed in the righteousness of Jesus and you have a treasure some of you got some treasure at home. You, I don't know what it would be, but you've got it stored away and you something you treasure. Well, Paul is saying, we have this treasure. We have salvation. We have Jesus Christ. He lives in us. But then notice the possession of that power, the earthen vessel. Now, the earthen vessel is you and me. In fact, that's a word for clay pot. There's a lot of cracked pots in here. Laura was showing me earlier uh, a website, and I don't know the Japanese art, the name for it, but they take broken pieces of pottery and they put it back together with gold. And so when you see it, it's a completed piece and all the cracked pieces have gold in them. Now they've become valuable. Well, that's how Jesus is. We have him in our earthen vessels. We focus on the vessel we focus, focus on our, the, us when the, really the focus should be on Jesus, the treasure in this. Did you ever give your children when they were little at Christmas or at birthdays, you gave them this present you thought they were going to love? They open the present and they take out the item and play with the box. Think, I should have bought them a box. In fact, I could have gone somewhere and gotten a box free. We don't focus on the vessel. You focus on the treasure, Jesus Christ, that lives in you. And then the purpose of that power is for, the, it says in verse 7, that the excellence of the power may be of God. 
and not of us. How do you do what you do? They're gonna ask you one day. How do you make it through? How are you surviving? How are you living for? Because of the, the power of God that lives in me. It's Jesus in me that gives me the strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The power is of God. Jesus told the religious leaders of the day, you, you wash the outside of the cup, but inside you're filthy. You're like a whitewashed tomb. Looks great on the outside, but inside you're full of decay. And, and he said, it's not about the appearance. The purpose of this power is to show that what is in us is who we are. It's not the outward. Now, we have the power to live for Christ. Why? Because it's hard. And we whine and we whine and we whine, don't we? I'm not talking about the drinking kind. He, he mentioned some problems. Notice the problems in Christian living. It doesn't take you long to realize when you follow Jesus, everything doesn't work out good, does it? During our lifetime, we're going to go through many hardships and breakings. In fact, all four of these verbs or descriptions are in present tense, which means they're going to continuously happen. I hate to tell you this, but Jesus even said, in this world, you will have tribulation. John 16, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. So folks, life is hard. Get used to it. Now, how do you handle it? Well, first of all, he describes it. Look at verse eight. We are pressed, hard pressed. Afflicted is the, sometimes the translation. It's a verb that means to be put under pressure. Paul was under constant pressure, physical, spiritual. The ideas of a crowd pressing in on you. Have you ever gotten on an elevator and that thing filled up and not one other person could get on that elevator? You're pressed. It's not my favorite thing in the world. You're pressed, you're crowded in. It means the nagging negative circumstances of life. They're always there. Anybody in here doesn't have any problems? I didn't see any hands go up. Sometimes it's financial pressure. Sometimes it's health. Sometimes it's a hectic schedule. Sometimes it's just, you don't have a word for it. You're just under pressure. For Paul, it meant the dangers and the discomfort of travel. Second Corinthians, in the same verse, in the same book, chapter one, verse eight says, for we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength in so much that we despaired even of life. That's Paul talking. We got so pressed, we despaired. Paul is crowded. He said, it, the pressure's always there, but not crushed. We're pressed, but not crushed. 
Somebody penned it this way. Pressed out of measure, pressed to all length, pressed so intently it seems beyond strength, pressed in the body, pressed in the soul, pressed in the mind till the dark surges roll, pressure by foes and a pressure by friends, pressure on pressure till life nearly ends. But Paul said, but I'm not crushed. It means to be completely confined in a narrow, tight place. He said, you may pressure me, but you cannot stop the Lord's ministry that he wants to use me in. You can't bottle up the inward man. You can't stop what God wants to do. He said, yeah, we're, we're pressed, but you can't keep me there. A man was traveling out here in West Texas out on one of those long stretches. He got hungry and the only place he could find to eat was a truck stop. Lots of trucks. When he walked in the truck stop, he had his own little dog. He had one of those almost dogs. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> some of y'all got some of those. Don't send me any hate mail, okay? But I'm telling you, some of those, I'm not sure qualify as a dog. I've already said too much. <laughs> anyway, he had almost one, he had one of those almost dogs. But he didn't want to leave it in the car, so he took it in with him into the truck stop. And there, of course, there's all those stereotypical truck drivers, big burly guys that are rough looking. And I know they're not all like that, but for the sake of this story, they are. He felt uncomfortable. He felt out of place, so he ate his meal and he left with his little dog. A few moments he came back in and he said, is anybody out here got a Doberman, big Doberman chained to a truck? This big burly truck driver said, yeah, that's my dog. What about it? He said, well, my dog just killed him. <laughs> and the truck driver said, that little dog you had killed my dog? Yes, sir. Your dog choked on him. You're not going to remember anything else, but you're going to remember that one. <laughs> you see, sometimes we're just, you're pressed in, but you can't, you can't be choked. He, he goes on to say, he's perplexed. I'm perplexed, but not in despair. Now, here's a play on words in the Greek, because the word apareo and ex apareo it was in the Greek, it would say, well, this is a play on words. He, but what he was saying is, I'm at a loss, but not a total loss. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to, how to, which way to go. It literally means without a way. It refers to confusion. Sometimes, sometimes you don't know what to do. You know, it would be nice if God gave you a blueprint but here's what we would do. If God gave you a blueprint and said, here's a blueprint for David Wilson. You're going to live this many years and, and this part of your life you're going to be here and this part of your life you're going to do this and do this and do that. It'd be nice, but the problem is we would do that on our own. We would say that, well, I don't need you, God. I've already got a blueprint. Sometimes when you follow in the Lord, you wind up in a fog. Lord, I, I don't have any idea what to do next here. I don't know. Where do you want me to go next? You're perplexed. Sometimes God seems absent. 
Can anything else get any worse? Where are you, God? Where are you? Sometimes he seems absent. You know, he's seldom early, but he's never late. Paul said, sometimes it's just don't know what to do. You may feel like the rather sickly lady who had been deserted by her husband. She'd been left with five preschool children, a mangy dog, a broken down second floor apartment. She had a lot of bills. One morning when she got up, she discovered that the dog had chosen her only good pair of shoes as a chew stick, left a rather large greeting in return. The youngest baby had cried excessively through the night with colic. She was trying to prepare breakfast in the morning. The power went off because the bill hadn't been paid. Then the dog decided it was time to play tug of war with a tablecloth, pulled all the dishes and food on the floor. She also heard a commotion out the street. She ran to the kitchen, opened the window, and a man below said, garbage man. And she finally said, okay, send it up. (laughs) That may be how you feel. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Paul could sing that. He said, perplexed, but not in despair. And the word despair means altogether in want. He may have been at his wit's end, but there was still a way out. He may have been on the brink of defeat, but not defeated. It means to be rescued in the nick of time. He said, I don't know what God's going to do next, but I know he's still here and he's going to come through some way. That's the way you and I are. Sometimes we don't know what to, I don't have all the answers. That may shock some of you, but I don't have all the answers. The third thing is punched, excuse me, or persecuted, persecuted. He said, I'm pursued. He's a hunted man. Everywhere Paul went, he had enemies. They ran him out of town. They stalked him. They would follow him from town to town and run him out. And you and I can experience some heartbreak, maybe a spouse or maybe a family member or a friend or a work associate. Somebody is not going to like you because you take Jesus seriously. And you try to live for him all of a sudden you stand out. You're like a light in, in a dark room. You, you just stand out and people, they don't like it because you put them under conviction many times. They, they realize they need to do something, but they don't want to. Persecuted, but not forsaken, which means deserted or abandoned. The Lord never left Paul. Jesus Jesus told his disciples, I will never leave you. And you may think God's not there sometime, but trust me, he hasn't left. Now, he mentions being punched, knocked down. The word struck down means to strike down with a weapon or to throw down in a wrestling match. Match. It refers to the unexpected failures and disappointments, to setbacks in the Lord's service. You ever been serving the Lord and been disappointed? You ever been, had a setback in your ministry? If anybody had setbacks, it was Paul. Everywhere he went, he got run out of town. He couldn't even get to Rome without going down on a ship. I mean, everything, it all gloom, despair, and agony on me. He said, sometimes I'm just knocked down. He encountered setbacks. And if you serve the Lord, you're going to encounter 
setbacks. It's going to happen. It's not all good. Doesn't always work. (laughs) But not destroyed. Which means ruined or lost or even killed. In In modern boxing terms, it would mean that Paul may have been knocked down, but he wasn't knocked out. And he may have been thrown down by the foe, but he didn't stay there. A battle may be lost, but not the war. You may feel like that you've been knocked down, but you're not destroyed. Reminds me of a New York lawyer who went duck hunting in the mountains of East Tennessee. If you've ever been to East Tennessee, it's different than Middle Tennessee and West Tennessee. He shot a duck. It was wounded, it flew over a fence and landed out in a pasture to belong to a farmer. So the lawyer climbed over the fence. About the time the farmer drove up on a tractor, the farmer asked him, what are you doing? He said, well, I shot a duck, it fell in your field and I'm going to retrieve it. And the farmer said, well, this is my property. You're not coming over here. Lawyer got cocky with him, said, I'm one of the best trial lawyers in New York. If you don't get me that duck, I'll sue you and take everything you own. Farmer said, well, apparently you don't know how we do things in these parts of Tennessee. We settle disagreements like this with the Tennessee three-kick rule. And what's that? Well, first I kick you three times. You kick me three times and so forth, back and forth till somebody gives up. Attorney looked at him, thought, well, he's an old man. I can take him. He said, I'll do that. We'll just settle it this way, your local custom. So the old farmer climbed down, walked up to the city slicker, kicked him right in the shin. Of course, he doubled over and fell on the ground. The farmer kicked him right in the gut, then walked over and kicked him in the head. The lawyer was disoriented, could barely stand up, finally got up to his feet, and he said, okay, you old codger, now it's my turn. And the farmer smiled and said, nah, I give up. You can have the duck. (laughs) Sometimes you feel like that guy, don't you? Life just kicked you around. Why does he mention these? Notice what he says in verse 10 that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. A sponge, all a sponge does is soak up what you put it in. And then when you take it out and you put it under pressure, what's in that sponge comes out. You may have heard the term, what's down in the well comes up in the bucket. What's down in the life of a believer comes out under pressure. People will ask you, how did you handle that? How did you go through that? How could you conceivably go on when this kind of disappointment and this kind of heartache happened to you? I'll tell you why. Because you may have been punched and knocked down, but you were not destroyed because the power of God keeps you going. (laughs) So, How do we keep on going? We know what it feels like. All of us have felt the pressure. All of us have felt persecuted. All of us have been punched at times. All of us felt that. How do you keep on going? You've got to keep the right perspective. So let's talk about that. The perspective of Christian living. Four times. Did you notice all four of those descriptions? All four times Paul said, but not. 
knocked down, but not destroyed. Perplexed, but not in despair. So how do you have those but nots in your life? Does that make sense? Three things he mentions. First of all, your perspective on the outward, inward man. Some of you are going through some difficult times physically. You'll notice what he says in verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. We're not quitting. We're not giving up. Why? Because the outward man is perishing, but the inward man is being renewed day by day. Have you noticed that the outward man is perishing when you look in the mirror? Really? And there's only so much you can do. After a while, you just give up and go with it. (laughs) Even though you're trying not to. Oh, I could go a lot of places with that. I'm not. But the fact is, you know why your your body's dying? The outward man is dying because it's not redeemed. The body's not redeemed. It's not fit for heaven. That doesn't mean you're not saved. You've been, your soul, and spirit, God's put his spirit in you, saved your soul, and it's gonna go to heaven, and you're gonna be given a new body, but this body's not going. But the inward man, it's being renewed. You can, you can confine this outward body, but the inward man's being renewed day by day. That's why you still feel like you're 25 years old up here. And you look in the mirror and go, I gotta be 25 years old. It doesn't look it, but I know I'm 25. And then you go out there and try to do something that a 25 year old does. And then you realize the outward man is perishing. (laughs) You are eternal. You're going to live forever. So focus on the fact that, you know what? I know my body's dying. I know it's decaying. I know I'm not gonna live here forever. But the inward part of me, it's growing in the Lord. It's growing closer to him. It loves him. It's being renewed day by day. You're not gonna get out of this world alive unless the Lord returns. The second thing is to remember your affliction is for a moment. I want you to know I find that offensive. How dare him call my affliction light? For this light affliction, are you kidding me, Paul? It's only for a moment. What are you talking about? I've been going through some of this for years. Perspective. What is your life compared to eternity? You're going to get to heaven one day and you're going to look back and go, that was nothing. It was nothing. Now, I'm not, Paul's not denying the reality of things that are going that way. But he said, it's only for a moment. This isn't going to last forever. It's not. You think you're having a bad day? Let me read you something out of a Florida newspaper. I'm just going to read it. A man was working on his motorcycle on his patio. 
The man was racing the engine on the motorcycle and somehow the motorcycle slipped into gear. The man still holding the handlebars was dragged through the patio door and the motorcycle dumped on the floor inside the house. The wife, hearing the crash, ran into the dining room, found her husband laying on the floor, cut and bleeding, the motorcycle laying next to him. She ran to the phone, summoned an ambulance. Because they lived on a large hill, the wife went down several flights of long steps to the street to direct the paramedics to her husband. After the ambulance arrived and transported the husband to the hospital, the wife went back in the home, uprighted the motorcycle and pushed it outside. Seeing that gas had spilled on the floor, the wife got some paper towels, blotted up the gasoline, threw the towels in the toilet. Husband was treated at the hospital, sent home. After arriving home, he looked at the shattered patio door, the damage to the motorcycle. He became despondent, went into the bathroom, sat on the toilet, smoked a cigarette. Y'all think something's gonna happen? After finishing the cigarette, he flipped it between his legs into the toilet bowl while still seated. The wife who was in the kitchen heard a loud explosion. Her husband screaming. She ran into the bathroom, found her husband laying on the floor. His trousers had been blown away. He was suffering burns on the posterior, the back of his legs, and other places. The wife again ran to the phone, called for an ambulance. <laughs> the same ambulance crew was dispatched. And the wife met them at the street. Paramedics loaded the husband on the stretcher, began carrying him to the street. While they were going down the stairs to the street, accompanied by the wife, one of the paramedics asked the wife how the husband had burned himself. She told them they began laughing so hard they dropped him. He fell down the stairs and broke his ankle. <laughs> now, your day doesn't seem nearly as bad now, does it? I'm sure his affliction seemed like eternity. <laughs> Folks, we all, and I use the word all, all have some kind of affliction. But it's temporary. It's temporary. Remember, the inward man's being renewed, the outer man's perishing. Remember that affliction is only temporary. And finally, focus on eternity. Now, now stay with me for just a second here because you'll notice what Paul says in verse 18. We do not look. The word look is the word scopio. We get our word scope. A scope dials in on something. It brings it into focus. You're, you're using a scope to look at something a long way off. He's saying you need to focus on things that are not seen. He says we don't focus on the things that are seen. You see, all some people can do is just get up and focus on all their problems all the time. Oh, poor me. Oh, poor me. Oh, poor me. Oh, poor me. And if you focus on all that you can see and all that's going wrong, you're not ever going to have any victory in your life. But if you remember, I'm going to focus on the things which are not seen. 
That doesn't mean just heaven. It means all the promises of God contained in the scripture. I'm going to focus on what I can't see. I can't see Jesus, but I know he's with me. I can't see heaven, but I know I'm going there. And we focus on what we do know. Paul wrote this. He said, the form of this world is passing away in 1 Corinthians 7, 31. He kept focusing on eternity. In verse 14 right here, he said, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus can raise us up too. 1 Corinthians 2, 9, things which I have not seen and ear has not heard, which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. In Philippians, our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body. He told the Colossians, set your mind on things above, not on things that are on the earth. Where is your focus Don't focus on your problems. I know they're real. He's not discounting them. He said, don't dwell there. You dwell on Jesus. Jesus said, I won't ever leave you. He said, you're going to have tribulation. I know the, the country is headed in the wrong direction. I know the world's going down the tube, but guess what? This world, according to the book of Revelation, is going to get worse. In fact, I looked at it the other day and it said, you ain't seen nothing yet. So if I focus on that, all I'll do is worry. I'm going to focus on what I do know instead of what I don't know. I do know Jesus loves me. I do know he saved me. I do know he's coming back. I do know he'll never leave me or forsake me. I do know that he's given me power to live for him as long as I keep my focus on him. But you cannot do this. You cannot do this if you don't know Jesus. You can be religious. You can't do this. Pharisees had no idea about it. Jesus said, you just look good on the outside, but inside, it's not there. If you don't have Jesus, you can't do this on your own because you don't have anything to do it with. But today, that can change. You can commit your life to Christ. He loves you just like you are, but he's not going to leave you like you are. You understand? It's called transformation. He saves you as a sinner, and then he begins to chip away. He begins to mold you to the image of his son. And if you don't know Jesus, you can know him today. He'll take you just like you are, but he's not gonna leave you like you are. Would you bow your heads with me? If you don't know Jesus, you're watching online, you see this on television, you right now realize, God, I know I need you. I need you right now. And so, Lord, I turn from my sin. I ask you to forgive me. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. I believe he rose again. And right now, Lord Jesus, I want you to take me. I give you my life. I pray for those, Lord, who need to do that. They're in despair. They're hopeless. They feel doomed. (laughs) Please give them life. Your spirit 
in them. I pray for believers. Lord, we're the ones that are supposed to show the world we have hope and we have direction. So I pray for those who've been on a pity party for a long time. I pray that you will lift them up today and let them remember that you love them, you're there, you haven't forsaken them. Doesn't mean all their problems are gone, but Lord, help them to focus on you and deliver them and take them through and show them what to do, whatever's bothering them. I pray for those who need a church. I pray for those who need to be baptized. God, whatever it is you want people to do, I ask you to give them courage to respond right now. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like more information, to make a commitment, or to request prayer, please text the word podcast to 555-888. You can also connect with us on our Southcrest app or our website for complete worship services or to plan to visit us in person. Thanks again for listening.